This is Dr. Danielle Eaton, the founder of Aligned Women. We help women in chiropractic just like you to grow profitable practices without sacrificing being present with your family. You're listening to the Aligned Women podcast, the original podcast for women in chiropractic. If you want more time with your family and more money in your bank account, you're in the right place. Be sure to take our Aligned Practice quiz to find out how aligned your practice is. You can find it at www.alignedwomen.com forward slash quiz. Now sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy today's episode. Hey there, welcome to a new episode of the Aligned Women podcast. This is your host, Dr. Danielle Eaton. In today's episode, you are going to hear a member spotlight. These member spotlights are actually content from our monthly membership program, the Foundations Program. And these member spotlights are designed with the intention of sharing with you the results that our members get. So I know that making an investment in a coaching program can be challenging, especially if you've always considered yourself to be uncoachable, or if you're just really like me, you're stubborn, you just want to run your practice the way that you want to do it. But yet you've had the sense of that you need some kind of support system or some kind of feedback or just not sure what it really is, but you know that you need something different to really run your practice and make it efficient and effective and be able to go home and have energy for your family at the end of the day. These member spotlights are a great way for you to get an inside perspective into what our members learn and what their results have been in our program. So I hope that these member spotlights will be useful for you over the next few weeks as we take a break from recording new content for the podcast for a summer break. Hey, have you heard about our upcoming new sister podcast to the Aligned Women podcast? That's right. We will soon be launching a new podcast for a different audience. The show will be called The Business of Being Well. So think about your referral partners who are naturopaths, acupuncturists, massage therapists, midwives, doulas, group fitness instructors, and yoga teachers, and invite them to join us in the free Facebook community where we will share how to grow a profitable practice without sacrificing more time with your family increasing your time freedom, expanding your impact as a holistic healer. You can invite your friends to join us by sending them over to alignedwoman.com forward slash the business of being well. All right. Welcome to our April 2019 member spotlight. I'm here today with Dr. Sarah Radabal. Sarah, how is your morning going? It's going well, excuse me, despite this whole time change thing. <laughs> a nice slow Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, the time changed last night or I guess this morning, depending on how, on how you look at it. So we we're both a little like, ah, where are we going and what's happening right now? I'm not, not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. So Sarah, let's get started with you sharing a bit more about yourself, your family and your practice. Yeah. I, um, graduated from Northwestern about 11 years ago now. 
and started up my own practice um, shortly thereafter. And we live in rural Wyoming in a very, very small town of like 5,000 people. I usually tell people we're three hours from a target, which kind of gives you like a, a, a point of reference for how rural that is. It's pretty rural. Yeah. <laughs> um, we like it that way. We're an hour and a half from a Walmart. Um, I have two kids who are nine and six. My daughter Ivy's nine and my son Declan is six. Um, my husband and I have been married for 16 years now, which is crazy. We were babies. Um, yeah, I my practice has just really grown slowly and organically every year since I opened. Um, and last year we did a big thing. We um, Well, two years ago, my husband and I bought a building that was really old and in need of serious TLC. And we spent a year... Um, having it remodeled and then eventually moved the practice into it and then did a really big expansion as far as providing um, new services and hiring new providers. So We first connected right when you were either thinking about buying the building or you had just purchased it. And uh-huh. I can't believe that it's been two years ago already. What uh-huh. made you decide to, to buy the building? It was a big, big thing. It was a big thing. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I, the way I live my life is just one decision at a time. And I have just always kind of known that I wanted to have multiple staff members and kind of be in a, what I know now as a CEO role. Um, That's just kind of always been kind of what I knew I wanted. And so we've just, and every year my practice has just grown in this small town, which is just crazy, but it has. And, um, every year I just kind of decided what was the next step. And our, our lease at our last space was, I had a five-year lease. I was there for, for four and a half. Um, and so I just, a, a couple years, like three years into lease, I started trying to decide like, what are we going to do next? Like what's next? And that building just wasn't a good fit for lots of reasons as far as buying that building. So we just were looking for what was out there. We really researched building from scratch and then this building just kind of fell into our lap. So it was an elderly woman who owned it and it had been on the market for like six years at a, wow. at a really high price. And she was just ready to get rid of it. And she gave it to us for a steal. Um, it was kind of the right place, right time. Yeah. But it was really scary. It was super duper ridiculously scary. Like the whole time, the last two years have been terrifying. And I have just <laughs> to, like put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> well, the building is a big building and yes, you do have a big team. So can you talk a little yeah. bit more about what that, what that is? Like how describe your staff in a bit more detail and all the things you have going on in your business. Yeah. Well, so in the last year we expanded our, we um, are now branded as cloud peak chiropractic and wellness. And so I have my dad working with me, who's also a chiropractor. So he and I are the docs and I um, now have three massage therapists and we have an esthetician. So we added a spa with the expansion is how we've branded it. And um, which is really going very well. So I have the spa. I have five support staff right now, as far as my office manager and four CAs, um, who all basically work part time. Um, when we're really busy, at our, during our busiest shifts, we have two people at the front desk and then one back CA, a back assistant. And then we also have a big studio space in the back of our building that we're using as a yoga studio. And so I have run that as um, the, basically the yoga, the yoga instructors are independent contractors, but I run the business part of the studio. I um, 
the practice collects all of the, the money and sells punch cards and things like that. And we pay a percentage to the yoga instructors. Yeah. So you have, a, you have a big team and you have a big space. Um, and despite how small the town is that your building is in, <clears throat> your practice has grown tremendously. And I'm, and I'm always amazed when we talk about it. Amazed and not amazed. I mean, it's just what happens when you provide good service to people. Um, but I'm curious to hear if there's more insight that you have for people that might be in a similar situation as yours or thinking about being in a situation where like they want to practice in this small town, but everyone is telling them you really shouldn't practice there because there's not enough people. Yeah. I, I guess a couple of things. I, um, so I, th- I feel like small towns are so much easier for marketing because I don't, I just go about my daily life. I do my thing. I take my kids to school and I take them to the activities and I join the things that I'm passionate about anyway. And I volunteer and give back in ways that feel good to me. And that's what I've done for the last 10 years. Um, and so you meet people <laughs> like, I mean, within six months of being in t- me being in town, everybody knew who I was anyway, because it's, that's just, small town, like everybody's excited when somebody new moves to town. <laughs> so yeah. um, I almost, I mean, we do marketing now that we've done this big expansion, but I have really done almost no marketing in the last 10 years because it's all word of mouth. So that part is just easy. Um, yeah. Facebook, my Facebook videos that you got me doing like a year and a half ago or whatever, that challenge has, I mean, those are free and they are hugely um, effective. For my practice. They have gotten kind of me in front of new people who don't know me and just they are a great way for me to get information, educational stuff out to my patients. Um, yeah. Do you know, do you keep stats on this in your practice, how far away the furthest is that someone comes to your practice? Does that yeah, make sense? I'm really proud of that. Yeah. So my ideal patient is a, a pregnant or postpartum mom and I draw those people from 90 miles. Um, and children and babies with like plagiocephaly, torticollis type issues come from, in fact, even no, I've had one from like 120 miles now because I'm the only game in town. And I, I should say that too. I mean, like Wyoming is just, I mean, we need more chiropractors. I'm hiring an associate, <laughs> I will mention, because I need more help um, because there are 125 practicing chiropractors in Wyoming, which is wow. a large state. And so they, like that is, it's, it's hard and it's great. Like the hard parts are, I mean, I very much feel like I can't see fewer patients because there's nobody else for them to see. I mean, literally there's nobody else. If I'm not in the office or my dad's not available, they don't get adjusted period. The end. So, I mean, like right now as my practice is full and I'm looking for an associate, like it's hard for me to cut back my hours because there's nobody else. Um, it's good, obviously, because I mean, when I stepped into this small town, there was literally, it was just the right place at the right time. There was one guy who was retiring, very sweet and kind of sent his patients my way. And like one other guy who practiced like one day a week, um, not my, and not my technique that I, that I use. So just, I mean, a wide open market. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that because that was something that I definitely wanted to weave into our conversation today that even though you are in such a rural place that you still are able to focus in on your ideal patients and attracting more of them and, and it works. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And ever since I've, I was able to focus in on that, thanks to you, my, the amount I enjoy going to work has increased. Well, you know, I hear that from a lot of people. And the, <laughs> and the thing is that if you do enjoy treating that population of, of people, then go for it. Like really do that. Right. Yes. And just kind of, I don't know, I guess it's happened by coincidence maybe that a lot of women in our community really like working with prenatal and pediatric and postpartum patients. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, I think a, a myth kind of that's developed that we're like as a, as an organization, if you will, aligned women is about focusing on those niches, but it's really not. It's like right. you decide what you, what you want to focus on and, and go after it. So absolutely, whatever makes you happy, whatever, yeah, whatever patients fill you up. That's exactly the point, right? So that when you go home at the end of the day, mm-hmm. especially when you are really busy with your patients, that you're going home like excited and energized by the work that you've done throughout the day instead of drained and tired and exhausted. I mean, you're still tired and some days exhausted totally. <laughs> when you're working with your ideal patients, but it's a totally. whole different feeling that you have when you get to go home and say, ah, oh, I saw this happen in the clinic today and it was so awesome. Instead of like, oh, I want to bang my head on the wall because I just see low back pain after low back pain after low back pain. And these people don't want to do something to help themselves get better. Totally. Yeah. Which again, I'm generalizing not to say like, I mean, I've had low back pain and I definitely want to help myself get better. It's not to say that if you have low back pain, you don't want to help yourself get better. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, the people who drain me are the truck drivers with low back pain where you, and who, who are smoking and I, yeah, you, you know, the type, and we have so many of those out here who need help, but yeah, they don't energize me at all. <clears throat> yep. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about what self-care looks like in your world. Your kids are a little bit older maybe than like the average. Uh, I don't know now, actually, I think as like time's going on, the average age of the kids <laughs> of the moms is They're growing too, of course. Um, <laughs> but what does self-care look like for you now? Well, I would just drop a little encouragement that it gets so much easier once they hit school age. I mean, so much easier. Um, I think, it, I mean, definitely my life changed dramatically when my baby went to kindergarten um, in a sad way. I mean, I missed him when he was gone all day, but that opened up so much more time for my self-care. Definitely. I, I, I seriously, I mean, that was before I met you before um, when my kids were little, I, I think I was in survival mode for all of those years. And yeah. <laughs> like, I hear you if you're exhausted because I don't even remember th- those years. So yeah, do some self-care. Um, Right now, a really big thing for me is exercise. That's for sure. I, um, I have. We, have you talked about like Gretchen Rubin's stuff with obligers and? No, have you read that book? I, I have. Yes. I'll recommend that book. It's called Better Than Before. Is the good one to read. And I like that book changed my life a couple of years ago too because I read that and realized that the only way I'm going to get consistent exercise is if I have an appointment with someone who will miss me if I am not there. I mean, literally, yeah. that's, that's the only thing that works for me. Otherwise, something else comes up. So I have a personal trainer that I work out with three times a week. 
that is huge for my mental and my physical health. Um, I try to do yoga. <laughs> I own a yoga studio. <laughs> That's my goal. I've got to get to do, I've got to get to more yoga. Um, I get a massage at least every month, sometimes more frequently because I have three massage therapists, thankfully. Um, that, yeah. And I've definitely, I think just within the last six months or so, I've been marking off white space in my calendar as I have got, if we, as we've been through some stressful things and that is, is huge. I, I have to have that some downtime. Me too. I really do. And it is also the hardest thing for me to make the time for, Yes, which in some sense is not surprising. And on the other hand, it's like, it's ridiculous how hard it is to make the time for something that is the most important thing for me for my self care. But it's like, I just need that quiet time to let my nervous system come down a few notches and, totally. and um, re-energize myself. And when I don't do that often enough, I get really crabby with my kids and my husband because I'm just like, no more. No, I don't want to hear mom for the 500th time today. I'm going to explode if I hear it one more time. <laughs> yes. Right there with you. <laughs> like, so as far as, so Friday afternoons, I've, I've been trying to make as my white space time. And like, so my kids get out of school at three 15 and I'm done with patients at noon and so if I have those like end of the week, those few hours to take a walk or a nap or whatever, like I can pick them up with a smile on my face and we can go do something fun. And like, that's the mom I want to be. <laughs> right. right. Yes. It's a challenge for me because um, my kids are homeschooled and so they're in the house all day. But what I, what I really learned last year is that I needed to have someone that was really solid with them. Like she can set really firm and clear boundaries so that just because I'm in the house doesn't mean that they can come to me for the drink of water. And it doesn't mean that they can come to me for help in the bathroom because it took us literally, it took us months to get my four-year-old trained to stop doing that. (laughs) I hear ya. I totally hear ya. (laughs) It still happens occasionally, but it was like a multiple times a day kind of thing where she would come in and say, I need a drink of water. I need to go to the bathroom. I need you to help me. And I'm like, that's what Daisy is here for. Daisy is here to help you. It was a hard process for me as a mom to like ask that somebody else do the mom duties, even though I'm here. And technically I could do it, but it wasn't in our best interest overall for me to be distracted 15 times a day. Totally. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So you make time for white space. High five. Good job. <laughs> Are there other things that you have changed or shifted about your schedule or how you use our time and your energy overall that you feel like are something that would be useful for someone else to hear? I think I've just gotten way better at focusing and not multitasking in the last year. I've really been trying to work on that and realizing how easily I get distracted. I mean, like, So I sit down at the end of my day at work to do patient notes and Facebook pops up or even my email pops up. Like that is just so, and like, it's really important to me to get my notes done before I leave the office. That's just kind of my hard rule for myself. And so I like, I have to close those browser windows when I'm doing my notes, (laughs) like just absolutely I have tried, um, I'm not really there yet, but as far as like email checking, I'm trying to get to the point where I just check it at one time during the day and not constantly be bombarded. I took, I take Facebook off of my phone for every weekend. 
Oh, that's awesome. Because I literally delete the app off my phone because otherwise I just like the dopamine thing. <laughs> like you just reach for it where you don't even, like you're not even conscious of it. Um, I, I do this thing I, I, for several years now. I have a Sunday night routine where my husband puts the kids to bed and I go downstairs. This is my little desk area downstairs at, at home. And that's like, I spend two, two hours or so really focused on preparing for the week and doing like some continuing ed, like watching a webinar or like, that's when I watch my aligned women stuff. Usually I have like this list of things I go through. I, I, I get, I try to get to inbox zero with my email. It's not always possible. I pay bills. I look at the kids schedule for the week. I set up, like I have this list of things that I schedule, like my yoga, my white space, my CEO time. I like schedule those into my week. I, you know, I, I, I kind of go week by week with that and just make sure that I'm like lined out for the week and write down my to-do lists. And so that really helps me. And that like, I, I, I put off lots of things. Like I have a folder up in my kitchen. I just stick stuff in there that I don't need to deal with until Sunday night like bills or the kids paperwork or whatever. I just throw it in that folder and know that I will deal with it on Sunday night. And that helps me a lot. That's really awesome. It's a, it's a thing that you kind of have to train yourself into doing as mm-hmm. well, because those little things that you put into the folder that like they pop up in front of you that you're like, Oh, I didn't make time for this. That you, mm-hmm. If you've got that time scheduled at some point in your week for you at Sunday evening, then you do have time for it. And it's so much less distracting. You feel so much less pulled in all these different directions all the time when you know that's not urgent. I can do it during that time that I have coming up on that day. Yeah, totally. So, okay, let's let's change gears a bit here and talk a little bit more about um, your community and your practice. Are there key people that you've built relationships with that have helped you to grow the business that you have today. Do you mean like people in the community, like people outside my practice in the community? Yes. Um, yeah. Like, but like, I think that's just gone grown organically. Like that's the nice thing in a small town. Like I have a couple best friends who are huge refers to my practice. Um, because like they just, they're also loyal patients and they, you know, bring their, I see their kids. I've seen their kids since they were born, et cetera but they're huge. Like they talk me up all the time. My personal trainer is also like, you know, she sends people to me all the time. My midwife who delivered my son, like, you know, like those, that's kind of what I like about small town life. It's just those relationships that I've built over the last 10 years. That is where I, I mean, all of the midwives in this area, actually, that's why I get people from 90 to 120 miles around is because they like, there's a very kind of tight knit home birth community, um, over a very large amount of distance. Um, and so, yeah, it just happens slowly. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Yes. I think it's important for us to be realistic about the time frame in which practices grow. Right. And building those kinds of key relationships is really, really important, but it does take time for them to develop. It's not something that you meet someone one time for coffee for a networking meeting and then you should be expecting referrals from them. It doesn't work that way. They really need to like you and trust you and understand what it is that you do and why they would want to send people to you. Yeah. One patient at a time. I I have a really good relationship now with lots of the medical doctors in the town. 
Um, but that was really slow. Like it was not a chiropractic friendly town. The slowest, right? It's like the yeah. slowest with medical doctors. It was, I mean, it was not a chiropractic friendly town, I would say 10 years ago. And I didn't really know that. I was like naive enough to just jump in here and do my thing <laughs> and just do what I do. And like, it just happened slowly. Like when the local MD who really didn't like chiropractic, when his kid gets hurt in basketball and I'm the one who can help him and I help him get, you know, and he plays at state like, Oh, hello. Like, <laughs> like, you know, one thing, one thing at a time. It, yeah. And I, I, I was going to share that too. Like I, I have, yes, built a huge practice, but I started from nothing. Like I found the cheapest space I could find 10 years ago. I had my portable table and I literally, I think I had $2,000 of equipment total like with yep. used chairs and this tiny little space. And then one by like, I added just one thing at a time as I needed it. And as I could afford it, I didn't take out any loans for my business. Um, and it just grew very slowly every, each year. And as we outgrew one space, we found a different one. And so that's, that's my favorite way to do it because it's less pressure when you have a family to support. It's a lot of pressure to have, really high expenses in your practice and a business loan that is supporting the cash flow of your practice. It just feels like a lot of weight and it makes a lot more sense to me to be able to take home as much money as possible to my family so that the time that I spend away with them is time that I'm actually earning an income to help support us as quickly as possible instead of three years or four years or five years down the road. When I tell people the story about my second practice compared to my first practice, it was a much different um, experience that within 90 days I was taking home, I was paying myself, right? So I was taking home an income like almost right away. And that was something that I thought like, yeah, this, this was easy, but it's almost as if <laughs> I've actually had one person when I told her, you can do this. You can start making money and taking it at home really quickly if you structure your business the right way. And I had told her the expenses for me to run my practice are like $600 a month. And she was like, that's not possible. And I was like, well, actually it is possible because I'm doing it. Um, that's, that to me was sort of like saying that, you know, when people say to us, I don't believe in chiropractors and you're like, I'm, I'm real. I'm a real person <laughs> and I'm a chiropractor. So <laughs> Wow. <laughs> what do you say to that? Yeah. <laughs> but my point in sharing this is that there's a lot of rhetoric and there's a lot of social conditioning that tells us bigger is always better and that you need to spend money to make money. Yes, to a certain degree, yes, you do. But you you also have a responsibility as a mother to be providing for your family and the time that you take away can feel so hard especially when, when you're feeling financially pressed because of the time that you're taking away. So I just feel really passionate about helping women to understand this concept that when your business income justifies the expense, then you can go with that higher expense, but you don't have to have the fanciest stuff to start. Totally. Can I share a little bit about student loans too? Oh yes. That's, that's my favorite thing to talk to new docs about. Like, I, um, I, I highly recommend not getting doctoritis. <laughs> and I heard that term from Dave Ramsey, thank heavens, 10 or 11 or 12 years ago. 
Um, Stephen, my husband and I went through um, the FPU, his Financial Peace University course, at the very exact right time in our lives. And I don't agree with everything he says, so I'm not like a Dave Ramsey devotee or whatever. But because of that, we got on a really good budget um, before I even graduated. And we stuck to, I mean, we did not buy new cars. We lived, we didn't buy a house for many years. Um, we paid off my student loans in seven years. Um, and that, I can't even tell you what a huge burden that was when we got that off of our backs. We didn't go on vacations until that happened. We went to Disney World the, the year we paid them off. Um, like, but we just, we seriously paid attention to where our money went. We sat down and had, we've had monthly budget meetings, the two of us every month for, since then and did not go nuts. And we just hit them hardcore and put every cent extra cent onto our student, on my student loans. And I know I don't have, I didn't have as much as people graduate with it these days, but it, I just want to say it's possible. <laughs> And it feels so good to have that monkey off your back. Yep. Yes. And she needs another nod to keeping your business expenses low so that you can increase your salary as much as possible and be able to pay down the debt that you have if you have student loan debt. I can't relate to all the pieces that you shared about that, but we lived in a house for a very long time that was way too small for our family, <laughs> four kids. Uh, well, actually, Aria was not born until we moved to the house that we live in now. So in all fairness, we had three kids in a three bedroom home that was really, really tiny for a very long time. I was literally driving my 10, 11 year old car down the highway at five miles an hour when I was like, I think I don't have a choice anymore. We've got to buy a new car. <laughs> and with that car, it was a four seater. And it was very apparent. I was expecting Aria and I was like, you know, if I ever want to leave the house with all three of these little ones, <laughs> we actually can't do that in this car. So we have to get a new car. Um, yeah. But we held on to that vehicle for as long as we could. And in fact, there was a point in time that before Aria was born, that if we wanted to go anywhere as a family of five, we had to take two vehicles because we were just like, we're not going to buy a new car until we absolutely have to. Yeah. So we didn't do that very often. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We pay yeah. cash for our vehicle and we don't have any other debt other than now this big old loan for my building. But That's awesome. And yeah. so smart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think that you've actually answered some of the other questions that I had for you. So then we'll start to wrap up. Um, are there other things that you would like to share with our members? Maybe um, it could be our members that are in a similar phase of practice that you're in, or maybe it's those that are in the dream up phase and the startup phase of practice where they're just getting, they're just getting their feet wet into practice. I, um, so yesterday I looked up this talk I gave like four years ago at NCLC to a bunch of chiropractic students um, at the Future Women Leaders Forum, which was really entertaining to see what I had to say four years ago. Um, but I, it, it's so interesting to look back at where you came from. I think the things that I would love to share with maybe docs who are just starting, like other things, are you don't have to know the whole plan. You don't have to have the whole thing lined out. You don't have to know where the end is. You just take the next right step. That is all I've done for the last 
11 years is just take the next right step. Even if you're terrified, just take the next step. Um, I, as I've grown my practice, I've always looked for the limiting factor. Like what is holding me back? What is holding me back from more income or seeing more patients or like, what's the thing? Like at one point it was my building because like literally the hallway, there was a doorway where there it wasn't allowing patient traffic. So like we literally, that's why we moved to a new building because that was what was holding us back from seeing more patients. Um, I, I heard this back in school. I, I think it was a Jim Parker quote, but um, it's act as if, or like, <laughs> yes, fake it till you make it. Like <laughs> if you are not confident, act at like you are. And at some point you will be because <laughs> that is, that was huge when I was a new doctor. So yeah. I, I just want to say thanks a million for everything that you do. I, I think the, one of the biggest things that I get from aligned women is the accountability factor, like the, the constant reminders that I do need to take care of myself um, because me being an obliger, I need, I need that. So I, I, yeah, that was, that was exactly what I was thinking. If you're an obliger, then accountability from someone else or from the community is huge. Yeah. And if you don't know your, what does she call them? Your, your, type yeah. i can't think of what gretchen's like name for those categories is yeah. um read the book better than before mm-hmm. um it yeah you'll find out if you're an uh, upholder an obliger um one of the other two questioner or a rebel yeah. questioner or rebel that's right and um and it's insightful it will help you to decide or to ha- like understand yourself more um so that you know how you make decisions and you know like what it, what is required of yourself to be happier overall, yes, but also to achieve another level of success if that's something that you're looking for as well. Okay, Sarah, well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day this morning. We did this on a Sunday, which is really unusual, but you said you want to do it on the weekend, and I was like, that would actually be awesome, so let's go for it. <laughs> thank you. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Aligned Women Podcast. If you've loved this show, please share your favorite episode with another woman in chiropractic who you know would love to be more profitable in her practice without sacrificing any more time with her family. And if you love what you hear on this show and want more insight into how you can have both more time freedom and more financial freedom, be sure to take the Aligned Practice Quiz. You can join our newsletter and get your free copy of the quiz at alignedwomen.com forward slash quiz. You'll know in less than 15 minutes what you need to focus on right away to become present and profitable. We'll see you in your email inbox soon.